On the 11th of November 1920, an unknown warrior was laid to rest in Westminster Abbey. His body had been brought from the battlefields of France. Four bodies were exhumed from different battlefields, from the battlefields of Ypres, the Somme, Arras and Aisne. They were laid to rest in the chapel of St. Paul, and the commander of British forces in France and Flanders chose at random one of the four. Uh, the other three were reinterred, and the fourth was transported to London. No one ever knew who he was. He's not an unknown soldier. He was an unknown warrior. He may have been an airman. He may have been a sailor. He may have been from any of the nations of the Commonwealth who sent soldiers uh, and warriors to fight. He may have been a captain. He may have been a private. Uh, no one ever knew. And he was laid to rest in Westminster Abbey, laid to rest amongst the kings. Uh, the king was there, the royal family, other members of European royal families, uh, the prime minister in his cabinet, a guard of honour of a hundred winners of the Victoria Cross formed a guard of honour as the body was brought into the abbey. But also in attendance were over a hundred women who had lost all their menfolk in the First World War, uh, their husbands and all their sons, and their grief was particularly acute. And over the years, many have come to grieve and to mourn at that tomb and to remember those that they lost, whose fates they never knew. Uh, whose burial site was never known to them. It became a place of mourning and a place of grief and a place of remembrance. And around the tomb are inscribed words from scripture, amongst them most famously, greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. The words of Jesus recorded in John's gospel. And every time we stand by that tomb, every time we meet as we do today and remember those who lay down their lives in order that we might live in freedom. We remember the love that inspires people to do that. 2,000 years ago, uh, another mother stood grief-stricken as she watched her son die uh, on a cross, watched him taken down and buried in a tomb. Uh, the unknown warrior was buried in Westminster Abbey because of the actions of an army chaplain, the Reverend David Railton, who was serving on the front lines in 1916. And in 1931, he wrote an account of what had inspired him to try and organise this burial. And he writes as follows. I came back from the line at dusk. We had just laid to rest the mortal remains of a comrade. I went to a billet in front of Erkingham near Armentieres. At the back of the billet was a small garden, and in the garden, only about six paces from the house, there was a grave. At the head of the grave, there stood a rough cross of white wood. On the cross was written in deep black penciled letters, an unknown British soldier, and in brackets underneath of the black watch. It was dusk, and no one was near except some officers in a billet playing cards. I remember how still it was. Even the guns seemed to be resting, as if to give the gunners a chance to have their tea. So I thought and thought and wrestled in thought, what can I do to ease the pain of father, mother, brother, 
sister, sweetheart, wife and friend. Quietly and gradually there came out of the mist of thought this answer clear and strong. Let this body, this symbol of him, be carried reverently over the sea to his native land. And so eventually it was and the unknown warrior was buried amongst the kings. 2,000 years another grief-stricken mother saw her son buried, not amongst the kings. He was taken out of the city of kings. In the normal course of events, his body would have been thrown on the rubbish heap outside of the city, but for the kindness of a stranger who gave him his tomb, and he was buried in a garden. Those who uh, buried him hoped never to uh, they never expected to see him again. They mourned and they grieved. And yet as our gospel reading has reminded us this morning, as they went to that tomb to grieve and to mourn, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Death is so final. Jesus' closest friends went to the tomb thinking they would never see him again. Their hearts were broken, and yet, in the midst of death, they discovered a great hope that transformed their lives, a great hope that has cascaded through the centuries and continues to give us hope, even in the 21st century, where we find ourselves once again faced with the trauma of conflict in Europe. 200,000 lives lost so far in the conflict in Ukraine. So many, once again, grieving, heartbroken, wondering at the pointlessness of it all. Uh, the poet Steve Turner once penned these lines. History repeats itself. It has to. No one listens. And so it seems to be the case because all of our conflicts stem from one great conflict. A conflict that inspires all the others. It's the conflict that exists between ourselves and the loving God who created us, a relationship disrupted by our sin, our wrongdoing, our rejection of him. The Apostle Paul, in his famous letter to the Romans, uh, writes these words. He says, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He goes on, if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? All of our conflicts stem from that great conflict between ourselves and the loving God who created us. And until that conflict is fully and finally healed, there will always be conflict. It will be part and parcel of our world. But in Jesus Christ, we find the seeds of hope. Because in his love, God sent his son, Jesus, the one who said, greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Jesus told his friends that that was the greatest love, and then he demonstrated it by laying down his life for them and for us. And in Jesus Christ, we may find peace with the God who created us. And when we find peace with the God who created us, we may then find peace with ourselves. And when we find peace with ourselves, we may find peace with those around us. And we may look forward to that wonderful promise that we were 
reminded of in our reading from Revelation chapter 21, the day when Jesus will return, creation will be healed and there will be no more death, no more crying, no more mourning, no more pain. Because the hope that those women discovered on that first Easter morning as they realised that the tomb was empty and they were never going to find a body, that hope remains. That is the hope for the world. It is the hope of Jesus Christ. So as we remember today and as we give thanks to God for those who so willingly laid down their lives so that we might live in freedom in this world, may we also be reminded to give thanks to God for his son, Jesus Christ, who laid down his life that we might live in freedom for eternity. Amen.